MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. Today, Randy Credico says words hunting for anonymous. The Republican attorney general in Kansas comes under scrutiny. Pelosi calls the Trump bar debacle an abuse of power. Issues with the 2020 census. Tom Cotton is stupid. And more than 2,000 former federal prosecutors call for Barr's resignation. I'm your host, AG. And with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello. Hola. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, Tits McGee's on vacation. Mm-hmm. She'll be back tomorrow. Uh, and our hearts and love are with her as always, and we miss her when she's gone. Mm-hmm. That's Jordan, by the way. <laughs> her real name's not Tits McGee. Everyone was loving the pictures of Jordan I tweeted today in the wolf shirt. Yes. <laughs> people, people, people were obsessed. One of our patrons was like, that's more like wolf lingerie. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get it, but that's funny. Yeah. If you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the photos are worth it. And, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, she's adorable. Um, we do have, it was kind of, and I'm going to say this, I've said this three times since we started our other podcast, Muller She Wrote, mm-hmm. in October of 2017. Mm-hmm. I've said this three times. It was kind of a slow news day. It's a miracle. I mean, we still have an hour long show for <laughs> yeah. you, but, but I don't, I didn't have to Nothing smash explosive. It. I didn't just smash it all right. down today mm-hmm. into dense chunks of Chernobyl graphite. It's, <laughs> it's kind of going to be sort of airy and breezy today. And the universe I mean, gave you a break. I mean, the news is still shit, but like, it's um, not like when I say airy and breezy, I, I mean more like pumice stone <laughs> uh, and, uh, and less like loofah, <laughs> you know, it's still not good. You know, unless it's the bottom of your feet, it's bad for your skin. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we do have a lot of news to get to, so let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, old friend of, of the podcast, not really, uh, just ghosts of podcasts past, Randy Credico <laughs> appeared on CNN this morning to discuss the letter he wrote to the Department of Justice in support of leniency of Stone, but against being a dick to the four prosecutors that prosecuted the Stone case. Mm -hmm. Um, He said in that letter he never felt threatened physically by Roger Stone and recommended that Roger Stone get zero jail time. And I have to say I left more confused about what he actually thinks than I was before. He's an odd bird. We'll just say (laughs) that. That whole Stonehenge group is Mm -hmm. from Nunberg, um, to Credico, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're all to, to Corsi. Mm-hmm. They're all just weird. They confuse me. They're just. I think that's part of it, though. There's something off. Mm-hmm. It's. I feel like I'm at a at like first of all in a dream that doesn't exist, and mm-hmm. then at a convention, and, and that I'm not sure what it's for. Totally. Yeah. It. We are untethered from reality. Have you ever seen the documentary Hypernormalization? Nope. Okay. Um, it, Adam Curtis documentary that came out a few years ago about how we were going to get to this point in politics where you were like floating through space, not sure what was real and what wasn't. And that's where we are. And people like uh, Stone and everyone around him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely part of that whole dynamic we're in now. Yeah. We called him Stonehenge. Yeah. When, when uh, back in the day. So, so he, Randy Credico got on, t- just went on TV and, blah, 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 and just talked. Um, <laughs> That was the summary. First, the end. Yeah, no. First, he praised the four prosecutors that withdrew from the Stone case, uh, one that even resigned from the Department of Justice, and specifically lauded Kravis uh, as an upstanding, hardworking civil servant. Uh, he said he spent about 100 hours with these guys and uh, that they didn't deserve what Barr did to them when mm-hmm. he intervened to undercut their sentencing recommendation. However, he was asked how he could support the prosecutors uh, but still ask for no jail time for Roger Stone. Then he went off on a speech about the justice system and saying uh, people of color are disproportionately affected by the justice system and nobody's intervening on their behalf. And she, after a, like a minute or two of that, she had to rein him in and say, okay, okay, but why 
do you think Stone deserves no jail time? He's mm-hmm. not a person of color. He's mm-hmm. not. This is a white collar crime. This has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Although I agree with what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is a old rich white guy who who committed seven federal felonies. He's criming for was real. Convicted, and um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> and he said. Well, it, it's it's hard to even say what he said because it's so confusing. Um, but he said that Roger Stone doesn't deserve jail because no one does. Uh, and Roger is 68 and broke. And and he just he just really hopes he doesn't go to jail because he's not a bad guy. Um, when asked again about the threatening emails and texts that he sent him, that Stone sent Credico, that said he was going to come after him and mm-hmm. come after his dog. My God. Uh, Credico said he never personally felt threatened and mm-hmm. he never thought that Roger Stone was going to show up at his door and take his, take him or his dog, but he is threatened by everything else and that someone in a red hat might turn up and shoot him. So he feels threatened, but not specifically by Roger Stone, but he didn't make the connection that Roger Stone being mad at him is a threat threat to him indirectly he didn't even say that maybe oh that's what i thought he was saying that's mm-hmm. what i thought he was getting at and he might have been getting to that but just lost his train of thought he might have been trying to say look personally i never felt threatened by roger stone mm-hmm. but the fact that roger stone threatened me mm-hmm. made me feel like someone else who right. supports roger stone could some kind of maga person me. right mm-hmm. on behalf of roger stone right. someone could come and take my dog or, crazy supporters or fulfill the the written dreams of mm-hmm. Roger Stone in his texts and emails to me. But he didn't even make that connection. He just he just kept repeating Stone is 68 and broke. Uh, he was then asked about his testimony during the Stone trial, Credico was, and he said he stands by everything he said in the trial. He doesn't recant anything that he said in the trial. But here's the thing. Whether the person being targeted in instances of witness intimidation actually feels intimidated seems beyond the point. Um, the words Stone said and the intent behind them, combined with the totality of the evidence, uh, should be what drives a conviction. And it did in this case. The jury heard the testimony, examined the threats, baked that into the totality of the evidence, presented against Roger Stone, and then they all convicted him on all seven counts, including this count of witness intimidation. And during the trial, Credico said on the stand he didn't personally feel threatened, but I think that by the rules of the jury, the jury didn't really take that into consideration. We don't care if you felt threatened or not. Mm-hmm. He said he was going to kill you and your dog. Mm-hmm. And if you take that in context with all of his other behavior, mm-hmm. he's had corrupt intent here. He he needed for you to be quiet uh, because he lied. And that came out in the evidence. So the intent is there. The consciousness of guilt is there. The, the, the words are there. The yeah, they can't words ignore there. you threatening someone in public. And so, you know, I, we aren't going to listen to your, you know, that we're looking at the evidence mm-hmm. here and you're not, your feelings aren't an evident, aren't a, a piece of fact. Right. And that's sort of what I think. I'm going to have to ask one of my legal expert friends, like, is that even really a thing? Because I mean, and I know this happens a lot, especially in like domestic violence cases mm-hmm. where they go, look, wife, we don't care if you don't want to press charges. Mm-hmm. We have bruises on your face we have him you know we have a witness that he punched you he, we have him here we're pressing charges mm-hmm. we don't need you yeah uh, so i know that that's happened i know that that kind of stuff happens so mm-hmm. i'm wondering if that's the sort of the way that it goes with witness intimidation so mm-hmm. i'm going to ask like joyce or barb um yeah i'd be curious to know to to say like is that even something they take into account because randy credico says during this interview he got up on the stand and said he didn't feel threatened but they found him guilty of witness intimidation regardless Hmm. so like i said they heard the testimony they examined the threats they baked that into the totality of evidence and they all convicted him Um, a letter from the target uh, of the intimidation like i said should have no bearing on the sentence and guidelines or the justice manual interpretation made by the prosecutors in the case either so Again, you you go by the the sentencing guidelines that are in the manual that that are by the way Trump's sentencing guidelines. Mm-hmm. Not do we take these letters into account, but they did take an upward variance into account because of the physical threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what it seemed like Credico was saying, though, I guess, was that the prosecutors did their jobs. Barr should not have intervened, but that most people shouldn't be punished so harshly, especially not sixty or eight year old broke dudes. Uh, 
And I think that's what he was. It was like a ploy for sympathy for him. For Stone? Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it. Okay. Interesting. Um, maybe it was a Stockholm Syndrome thing. I don't know. But the fact still remains, Stone was tried. The evidence was considered. A jury convicted him on all counts. Further, the prosecutors followed the letter of Trump's sentencing guidelines. And finally, there are no instances of the attorney general personally intervening to lower a sentencing recommendation after they've been signed and submitted to the court. This is all brand new and unprecedented. Credico did say one thing that made sense, though. He said, Judge Jackson is a no-nonsense rule of law judge who will sentence Stone appropriately, regardless of the attorney general and me and perhaps others, including the president, trying to muddy the waters. Um, she is familiar with the guidelines. She read the initial recommendation, and she'll rule accordingly to equal justice standards. Uh, I'm not quoting him there. Though mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing him using my words. He was a little goofier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we also got notice last night that Judge Jackson, in this case, has entered an order for an on-the-record conference call with the parties involved in the case for this Tuesday. Uh, that's today, if you're listening as a, you know, um, when this comes out in the morning. That's two days ahead of the sentencing hearing, which is Thursday, this Thursday, for Roger Stone. And though it does not explicitly state in the order what she intends to discuss, I'm certain she'll be asking what the fuck with the DOJ intervention and subsequent withdrawal of all four of the federal prosecutors on mm-hmm. the case, the resignation of one of them. Uh, and it's an, it's an on-the-record phone call. So, so what the fuck check-in? <laughs> sort of, yeah. And, <laughs> and we predicted this. Yeah. Everyone sort of predicted this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone who's been following this case was like, sometime between now and sentencing, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, is going to call everybody in and call everyone on the carpet and say, hey, what is happening yeah. with this shit? I, I was seeing just as I walked in, you had CNN on, and it's something, what, 2,000 former employees of the DOJ are now calling for Barr to resign? Yep. It's, that's it's to that level now? Yep. That story's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot. I'm actually just going to read the letter in its entirety. It's every single word is so deliberate and intense. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a frivolous letter. Uh, and even Pelosi, this was Thursday, though, she used the magic words abuse of power when describing Trump's behavior mm-hmm. with regards to the Stone case. She didn't say anything about investigation or impeachment. Uh, but as we know, abuse of power was the article, Article One mm-hmm. uh, of the impeachment of Donald Trump. My wish would be for Congress to investigate this under the impeachment umbrella to strengthen their subpoena power by pushing the courts to expedite those subpoenas, but to eventually either censure Trump or impeach him and withhold the articles. Never send him to the Senate because the Senate is not going to give give a fair trial. And we have proof of that. Mm -hmm. And that would be sort of a spotlight on the Senate um, saying, uh, hey, you know, we we impeached him and the Senate will send him over. No. Remember what you did last time? (laughs) Yeah. And then that would call... Uh, that would call everyone's memory of that terrible acquittal to the front of their Mm -hmm. memory. Uh, And I think that that would be an important political uh, tool as well as a a fairness tool. You Mm -hmm. you can't trust the Senate to do the right thing. So censure him or impeach him and don't send the articles. That's what I think. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. It almost feels it's I, I hear you, but it almost feels like with the election so close, it's like I understand your arguments on censure before, but going through the motions of impeachment again, I feel like they're just going to do the same thing. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know what you mean. Sorry. OK, like I, I'm i saying if they if they attempt to try to get them to to impeach him again, like if they try to get a Senate to do this right the next time. Well, that's why I said don't send the articles to the Senate. Right. Don't fuck the Senate. Yeah. Impeach him in the House or censure him in the House. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. Fuck the Senate. Fuck the Senate. Okay. I got confused there for a second. I was yeah, thinking yeah. like, are you saying do send them over? No, okay. don't, do not. Okay. Because they fucked it up last time. Yeah. And that will draw fresh into everyone's minds mm-hmm. how they fucked it up last time. And and between now and then, all the additional shit that'll go down. Mm-hmm. Everyone will be like, oh, yeah, I remember the Senate let him off. Mm-hmm. Fucking Senate. And then we'll be closer to the election. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some of those Senate seats will flip. Yeah, I do think we need to keep this fresh in everyone's minds. And I think censure is a great way to do that. Yeah. Gotcha. So, but definitely don't send shit to the Senate because they'll just they're there. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, imagine the strength of the message if Nancy Pelosi either you know, impeaches Trump for, for this bar thing, for this stone thing, or censures him for this stone thing, mm-hmm. and then announces, we're not sending this to the Senate. A censure you don't have to send to the Senate anyway. Mm-hmm. But we're not, we didn't impeach because we aren't sending to the Senate because they're part of this cover-up. They are complicit in mm-hmm. this. They acquitted the president for this behavior. We knew it would happen again. Schiff told you it would happen again, and mm-hmm. the Senate acquitted him anyway. And that will 
remind everyone, I think. Totally. All right. Well, we have more on this Justice Department shit on the other side of the break. Uh, to get these episodes ad-free, head to patreon.com slash thedailybeans and sign up. We start our video bonus episodes this week. <laughs> so please laugh along with us at our video skills. Uh, you'll also get our newsletter with my research notes, links to articles we discuss, all kinds of gifts. It's it's totally worth it. Three bucks a month to start and you get all that stuff. So stick around for more news. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by the good people at Native. For the longest time, I was trying to find a deodorant that is aluminum-free but still effective. Aluminum-free is really important to me because all conventional deodorants pretty much contain aluminum. And that can form plugs in your sweat glands and it keeps you from sweating. It's really bad for you. And it, sometimes, you know, we've heard it can be linked to uh, health issues. But Native deodorant is made without additives like aluminum, parabens, or talc. Instead, it's formulated with safe natural ingredients like coconut oil and shea butter, ah, which is so much nicer on your skin. It is also vegan and never tested on animals, which is awesome for the planet. And making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on performance. That's the number one thing. I couldn't find an aluminum-free one that worked, that kept up with my workouts, my my 5Ks, my, my half marathons, my 16-hour days, all the travel. But native works for me. It keeps you smelling fresh all day with over 10 amazing scents, including their classics, lavender and rose, coconut and vanilla, eucalyptus and mint, and my current favorite, cucumber and mint. Uh, they have rotating seasonal scents as well, and they have an unscented option and a baking soda-free option for those with sensitivities, so you're sure to find one you'll love. They come in a wide variety of options for men, women, and teens, and there's no risk. Zero is to try. They have free shipping on every order, uh, 30-day free returns and exchanges in the USA, no questions asked, so check out the over 9,000 five-star reviews from happy customers who made the switch to Native. I seriously can't tell, like, say enough great things about this stuff. I like that it's a solid that goes on easily. It's not wet. It smells amazing. And because it's aluminum-free, it doesn't stain my black clothes. And I, you know, maybe you wear a lot of black clothes. Uh, for 20% off your first purchase, 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase. Go to nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. You'll be glad you did. Okay, so uh, welcome back. Mm -hmm. This is the stuff you were talking about. Yeah. Now, it was 1,100 prosecutors, former federal prosecutors mm -hmm. and, and officials from the Department of Justice that signed on to a letter saying Barr's an asshole. It's up to <laughs> 2,000 now. Yeah. Uh, over 2,000. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm proud to say many of the signatories have appeared on our podcasts, including Mimi Roca, Jill Wine-Banks, mm -hmm. Ellie Honig, who we spoke to just this past weekend on Muller She Wrote, Barb McQuaid, uh, Joyce Vance. It Like, it, it's... The, like a gathering of the smartest, most incredible former federal prosecutors and Department of Justice officials mm -hmm. anywhere in the world. And the letter speaks for itself. So I'm just going to read it. It starts out with this. We, the undersigned, are alumni of the United States Department of Justice who have collectively served both Republican and Democratic administrations. Each of us strongly condemns President Trump's and Attorney General Barr's interference in the fair administration of justice. As former DOJ officials, we proudly took an oath to support and defend our Constitution and faithfully execute the duties of our offices. The very first of these duties is to apply the law equally to all Americans. This obligation flows directly from the Constitution and is embedded in countless rules and laws governing the conduct of Department of Justice lawyers. The Justice Manual, that's the DOJ's rulebook for its lawyers, states that, quote, the rule of law depends on the even-handed administration of justice, unquote, that the department's legal decisions, quote, must be impartial and insulated from political influence, and that the department's prosecutorial powers, in particular, must be exercised free from partisan consideration. All Department of Justice lawyers are well-versed in these rules, regulations, and constitutional commands. They stand for the proposition that political interference in the conduct of a criminal prosecution is uh, anathema to the department's core mission and to its sacred obligation to ensure equal justice under the law. And yet, President Trump and Attorney General Barr have openly and repeatedly flouted this fundamental principle, most recently in connection with the sentencing of President Trump's close associate, Roger Stone, who was convicted of serious crimes. Mm -hmm. The department is a longstanding practice in which political appointees set broad policies that line prosecutors apply to individual cases. That practice exists to animate the constitutional principles regarding the even-handed application of the law. Although there are times when political leadership appropriately weighs in on individual prosecutions, it is unheard of for the department's top leaders to overrule line prosecutors who are following established policies in order to give preferential treatment to a close associate to the president as Attorney General Barr did in the Stone case. It is even more outrageous for the Attorney General to intervene, as he did here, after the President publicly condemned the sentencing recommendation that line prosecutors had already filed in court. 
Such behavior is a grave threat to the fair administration of justice. In this nation, we are all equal before the law. A person should not be given special treatment in a criminal prosecution because they are a close political ally of the president. Governments that use the enormous power of law enforcement to punish their enemies and reward their allies are not constitutional republics. They are autocracies. We welcome Attorney General Barr's belated acknowledgement that the Department of Justice's law enforcement decisions must be independent of politics, that it is wrong for the president to interfere in specific enforcement matters, either to punish his opponents or help his friends, and that the president's public comments on DOJ matters have gravely damaged the department's credibility. But Mr. Barr's actions in doing the president's personal bidding unfortunately speak louder than his words. Those actions and the damage they have done to the Department of Justice's reputation for integrity and the rule of law require Mr. Barr to resign. But because we have little expectation he will do so, it falls to the department's career officials to take appropriate action to uphold their oaths of office and defend nonpartisan, apolitical justice. For those reasons, we support and commend the four career prosecutors who upheld their oaths and stood up for the department's independence by withdrawing from the Stone case and or resigning from the department. Our simple message to them is that we, and millions of other Americans, stand with them, and we call on every DOJ employee to follow their heroic example and be prepared to report future abuses to the Inspector General, the Office of Professional Responsibility, and Congress, to refuse to carry out directives that are inconsistent with their oaths of office, to withdraw from cases that involve such directives or other misconduct, and if necessary, to resign and report publicly in a manner consistent with professional ethics, to the American people, the reasons for their resignation. We likewise call on other branches of government to protect uh, from retaliation of those employees who uphold their oaths in the face of unlawful directives. The rule of law and the survival of our republic demand nothing less. Wow. (sighs) That was intense. Quite a letter. Yeah. I want to know who wrote it. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was wondering if it's Who published it? Well... It's a letter that all these people signed on to. Yeah, but I'm saying like who, what, like what was your source for? Was it just a published? I I got it from the Washington Post. Yeah, okay, I mean cool. it's come out everywhere. Yeah, but I'm wondering who wrote it. Yeah, I'm wondering if it. I, I'm sure one of the a former Department of Justice employees did. It's fucking scathing. It sounds like Preet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Preet voice to me. I'm gonna ask Barb. I'm gonna yeah. ask. So now I have two questions mm-hmm. from my lawyer friends. One, uh. Does the subject of witness intimidation, intimidation's opinion matter? She's scribbling away here, folks. <laughs> I actually have paper and pen. It's weird. Uh, matter. And two, who wrote the letter? Yeah, who wrote it? I think that makes... Okay, as Don't bad as all anonymous. of this is, like, who, who, it terrifies me more who would replace Barr. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, obviously, it is the right thing to do to to speak out against this wrongdoing and this abuse of power. But I hate that every time we do that, I think, oh, God, what's next? <laughs> right. But how could it be worse? I mean, no. he's already weaponized the Absolutely. DOJ. He's already wrecked you everything. Have to, you put some other you asshole in there up. like Matthew fucking Whitaker or yep. whoever the fuck you put in there. Big dick toilet wine yeah. guy. Uh, you uh, just keep calling it out over and over, I and guess. And it's just going to suck. But, I mean, we only Big have... Dick toilet wine. <laughs> We only have <laughs> eight more months, nine yep. months yep. To, to, to dick with it. And fortunately, the government tots along real slowly. But Barr did a lot of damage in a year. It's, the amount, it's, his one-year anniversary just passed. So The amount of damage that Trump has done to the legal system in just one term is, is stunning. Yes. It, it really is. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi was, had an interview with Christian Amanpour, I think today or yesterday, um, two days ago, if you're listening on Tuesday. And that's what she was saying. She was saying, how much more can the legal system and the Department of Justice withhold in a second term? Who knows? <laughs> it, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess you just, I mean, he keep, he, he's blown the roof off of it. If mm-hmm. he gets a second term, he just takes the walls down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Puts them on the border. He huffs and he puffs and he <laughs> blows the fucking <laughs> well, here's DOJ another. down. <laughs> <laughs> little pig, little pig, <laughs> let me in. Cut. <laughs> Okay, if you know that song, at me, at Muller, she wrote uh, on Twitter. I've got to know. Um, (laughs) In a separate op-ed, however, in The Atlantic, former deputy attorney general under Poppy Bush, uh, George H.W. Poppy Bush. uh, His name's Donald Ayer. 
wrote, quote, this is a conservative motherfucker is what I'm trying to get at. All right. He wrote, Bill Barr's America is not a place that anyone, including Trump voters, should want to go. It's a banana republic where all are subject to the whims of a dictatorial president and his henchmen. Oh. That is what Poppy Bush's deputy attorney general, deputy, deputy associate oh, assistant, all something. Right. That's nice. Number two. That's light. Yeah, love that. <laughs> a little light reading from I, a super conserv. I love when I love when 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 conservatives say shit like that because I'm like, oh, all right, no need to panic. It's yeah. fine. My hair's on fire. Gotta go. Cool. Yes, and uh, despite all this, the president has said today he still has confidence in Barr. And by the way. It, that's because Barr does whatever he wants. You rarely say, you rarely have to tell people you have confidence in someone who's doing well. Um, <laughs> but he says he has confidence in him, despite the calls for his resignation, mounting calls for his resignation. Mm-hmm. Kellyanne Conway said uh, Trump didn't direct his attorney general uh, publicly or privately to do anything, his attorney general, mm-hmm. uh, to do anything in any criminal matter, matter, including Roger Stone. And she says further, he works hand in glove with the attorney general Seems like he's a puppet with his hand up his ass. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> as we are all privileged to do, that's okay. He works hand in glove with the attorney general, as we are all privileged to do in matters that affect the country. We are all privileged to work hand in glove with the attorney general. Our attorneys. Do we each get an attorney general? Is that new? Are they? Yeah, I thought I thought he was the attorney general for the American people, not for personally for Donald Trump, but. Yeah, you know. but 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 works hand in glove with the attorney general as we are all privileged to do, as we all get to do. Like, what does that mean? We all don't get to do. Maybe that. she's talking about everyone in the administration, in 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 the Trump administration. They shouldn't get to do that either. Well, of course not. But I think it was a Freudian slip. <laughs> she's so, I don't even understand what she's fucking trying to say. Uh, alternative facts. That's what they are. Uh, but yeah, I didn't know I had an attorney general myself. I have people already written essays or done done you know projects around kelly kelly and conway's doublespeak and the way that she talks oh yeah people have done it for trump but i'm wondering specifically for her because she has a gift of it as well there's tons yeah tons like what are you saying half the time (laughs) you're just talking circles yeah it's really frustrating yeah it's really frustrating i i I wish news shows would quit having her on yeah it's pointless she's violated the hatch act a hundred times it's it's interesting uh do you think Barr will step down I th- I personally think this this whole thing was staged to get him to resign hmm. so that he wouldn't have to testify March 31st. Mm. But, you know, a lot of people are saying he'll never leave. He'll never leave. He's he's Trump's Roy Cohn and he's there until the end. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could go either way. Uh, but again, my my conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that that he that this was all staged to get him to resign is is sort of half crazy and mm-hmm. half probably true Mm -hmm. the half that's probably true is this whole fight between trump and him is staged Mm -hmm. the the half that's a little out there is that they did it so he would have a path to resign so he wouldn't have to you know to get off the boat safely before it sinks he wouldn't have to testify uh on march 31st although i imagine if he does testify and this wasn't a ploy to get him to resign it was just a staged fight to make it look like he cares Mm -hmm. And he does testify. He's just going to say, look, I can't talk about the discussions I have with the president. He's just going to uh, um, invoke privilege over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all it'll be. Yeah. And and he's a total liar. He's lied to Congress on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. So there's just not enough time in the day to investigate everyone's crimes. Nope. There's just not when you nope. think about Kavanaugh and Lewandowski and Prince and him and everyone, Junior and everyone who lied to Congress. And then you're trying to get Trump impeached and he's interfering with the election and you and he did the Ukraine stuff. Now he's admitting to sending Rudy, then he Rudy, then he fires everybody. There's just and this is all on top of the entire fucking Mueller investigation, mm-hmm. which we did a two year long podcast on and it's still <laughs> going. So and now he's bringing those folks back into the fold he's inviting hope hicks and uh mcintee he's emboldened and uh and 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 spicy and everybody back and reince priebus yeah i've been hearing people say that he is feeling amazing he's feeling like he just he he just he was very mad though about the uh Something this week. Somebody had to calm him down for something. What was it? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, because McCabe wasn't oh, right, indicted. Yeah. That's why. His base is pretty fired up, though. You yeah. know. Well, his base is his base. They're the same. They, yeah. It won't get any bigger. I hope not. It'll only get smaller. This is what I hope. 
but we have to show up to vote. If we don't show up to vote, he wins. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that. He's not in a, he's not necessarily, he might be unpopular, but he's not in a weak position to lose the re-election. He's got the highest approval rating he's ever had. Yeah. Right now. So, mm -hmm. nice. Um, and, and we and we knew that that would embolden him a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he everyone hates him he, in every single head-to-head race, if, including with Tulsi Gabbard, he loses. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's out there. Yeah. Uh, but none of that works if you don't vote. So that's very important. We'll that just you keep screaming that. that, even if your specific candidate doesn't win, you have to vote for the other person. You this is your to. reminder. Have you registered to vote? Do that. Yep, register to vote. I have a whole list of stuff for you to do at the end of the show. Uh, But before that, we have some more news. So we'll be right back with that. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, this is AG. And I have to tell you about an amazing new service that I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it ridiculously easy and affordable to custom frame your favorite things from art, prints and posters to the travel photos sitting on your phone. Here's how it works. Just go to FrameBridge.com, upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces, preview your item online in dozens of frame styles, choose your favorite, or get free recommendations from their talented designers. Uh, The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item, then deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Instead of hundreds you pay at a framing store, their prices start at 39 bucks, and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code DAILYBEANS. So get started today, frame your photos, or send some for the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com, use your promo code DAILYBEANS to save an additional 15% off your first order. Again, that's framebridge.com. Promo code Daily Beans. Framebridge, F R A M E B R I D G E dot com. Promo code Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Today, we learned that federal prosecutors are weighing new charges against associates of Rudy Giuliani, namely Lev Parnas, and at least one of his business partners, namely David Correa. It appears that they uh, basically um, tricked potential investors in fraud guarantee. The, that's the Florida-based company that paid Rudy $500,000. So Parnas and Korea co-founded the company with the plan of providing insurance to companies to protect against fraud. Shining the spotlight on fraud guarantee brings that spotlight a little closer to Rudy and raises questions about what role he played. Though now uh, we have Trump on record in saying in public he sent Rudy to Ukraine to get dirt on the Bidens, uh, something he vehemently de- denied during the impeachment inquiry. Investigators are focusing on the marketing pitch to determine if the men tricked investors about the value of the company and how they intended to spend the proceeds. This is according to people familiar with the investigation. Uh, They have said, additionally, that the FBI has interviewed some of the investors uh, and they have obtained text messages related to the pitch that they were, you know, this uh, trickery pitch. One of the sources of the story says Parnas and Korea spent the money on extravagant personal shit. Shocking. Yeah. So basically, they started a company, lied to investors to get their money, and then spent that money on personal stuff. Uh, we don't know when the charges are coming, but it has been said in court hearings that they are they are likely forthcoming. Um, the case goes to trial in October, which means testimony involving Trump associates would come out in the final weeks of the election. Ooh, what timing. October Juicy. trial. And I think, check on this for me, mm-hmm. Jordan, did she have superseding Parnas or Parnas plea agreement in her fantasy and I think Parnas plea agreement. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Let uh, me just double check here. Again, I get to go first mm-hmm. next week. So my first is going to be back to the old superseding Parnas and Korea. Jordan had plea deal Parnas this week. Ah, mm-hmm. Jordan. Might mm-hmm. want to update that. You can. Yeah. You can change until there's an indictment. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use, like in football, you can use information and statistics mm-hmm. to change your, your fantasy team. You can use these, this information to change your fantasy indictment league pick. So you mm-hmm. might want to switch it over to superseding Korea and Parnas. Just, you know, make a little edit. I am. Mm-hmm. So if you can make an edit to mine. You want to change yours to? Uh, superseding Parnas, superseding um, Korea, and take and Korea's C O R R E I A and take out Pecker and I don't even know else who who else you want I Korea have. and superseding Parnas superseding Korea superseding Parnas and take out who uh, Pecker and I don't know who else I had you had let me see here you had uh, Giuliani, Flynn, Flynn Giuliani Pecker Howard and McKinty Howard cool so now I'll have Flynn Giuliani McKinty superseding Parnas mm-hmm. and superseding Korea. Sweet. 
Dude. And this is we play the fantasy indictment league on our on our other show, uh, Muller She Wrote, every Sunday. Yeah, so you just got a little bit of Muller She Wrote fantasy indictment league action. I'm going to be indicted. And <laughs> uh, if you want to play, you can. If you're a patron, just head mm-hmm. to our uh, either our Patreon page and you can put your picks. Yep. And there's points. And also in the Facebook group, it's we not gambling. I have to say, not gambling. It is not. We posted twice on Patreon for those of you who are not on Facebook, and in the Facebook group for those of you who are. Yep. And you can go to both if you want. All right, so. Go crazy. Fraud guarantee, right? This this joint was set up in 2013. And then Fruman and Parnas in Korea set up global energy producers in 2018 to get into the, get this, liquefied natural gas business in Ukraine. <laughs> Fraud guarantee paid Rudy 500000 to help dig up dirt on the Bidens, one of which who sat on the board of a liquefied natural gas company in Ukraine. Trump admits to sending Rudy. Uh, to get that dirt. And Rudy and Rick Perry worked hard together to corrupt the Ukraine natural gas sector by ousting the CEO of Gazprom and installing their own guy. Uh, I believe we will see indictments against Rudy for corrupt business practices, wire fraud, computer fraud, FARA violations, and more. I think we'll see superseding indictments on Parnas and Korea for all kinds of fraud surrounding fraud guarantee and possibly superseding Fruman indictments uh, along with uh, Parnas and Korea for their liquefied natural gas bullshit. And you could even see a Rick Perry indictment, Uh, although I don't know, that might be a little bit harder to get past Trump or Barr. Mm. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Maybe so. another maybe another performance on Dancing with the Stars though. <laughs> um sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. <laughs> I know you just picture him skipping in his in his stripy vest and it's it's hard to it's hard to continue speaking. <laughs> uh and this is fun. If you're on Twitter, you may have seen a video making the rounds of Senator. This is a senator, like a United States senator. Yes. Tom Cotton. I don't I don't and, think I'm familiar with him. And his views on the coronavirus. Let's listen to that clip. So this super lab that you refer to, this super lab is the only one of its kind in this area, in Wuhan, in the province, uh, that, that, that area. And, and what do they do with this super lab? It's unclear, Maria. Uh, we have such laboratories ourselves in the United States run by our military in large part done for preventative purposes or trying to discover vaccines or to protect our own soldiers. China is obviously very secretive about what happens at the Wuhan laboratory. We don't know, again, where this virus originated. That's why it's so important that we at least ask the questions and get the evidence. But China continues to block our ability to ask those questions and get that evidence. Okay, so this conspiracy theory has been debunked a million times. It lacks evidence, and and it's been dismissed by every actual scientist ever. But it has gained an audience with the help of well-connected critics of the Chinese government, such as Stephen K. Bannon, right, Steve, President Trump's former chief strategist. And on Sunday, it got the biggest public boost yet, this, this conspiracy theory, from one Tom Cotton, senator from, I think he's from Arkansas. Uh, when he went on Fox News and said what he just said in that clip. Cotton later tried to walk back his stupid shit, but uh, he was like, oh, because he got so much blowback. Uh, But not after he fed a bunch of rabid idiot conspiracy theorists that see China as the new Russia, right? So first, here's my thing. Uh, Conspiracy theories are that, you know, they're theories. I have one of them. Let's take my conspiracy theory that Barr... Uh, started this fight with Trump. It was staged so that he would resign before March 31st so he wouldn't have to testify, right? That's could be considered a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. Sure. Now, this conspiracy theory, uh, my conspiracy theory stands up to scrutiny in that that's feasible. Mm-hmm. I have no proof, but it makes sense. You know, it makes sense that Barr doesn't want mm-hmm. to testify Bar would need an out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a staged brouhaha mm-hmm. would be the perfect way to do it. Yeah, it makes sense why I'm stepping down. So it 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 stands up to common sense scrutiny. Now, right. this one, first of all, if you're going to create a biological weapon, maybe you make it something a little more aggressive than the flu, uh, affecting mostly the elderly with immune deficiencies. I mean, I if you're going to if I'm in the lab and I'm wringing my hands Pinky together in the going, brain style. What are we going to do tonight, brain? <laughs> Same thing we do every night, Pinky, try to take over the world. Enough. Try to so, affect elderly citizens with yeah. the flu. <laughs> so I'm there and I'm like, what can I do mm. to unleash havoc? Mm-hmm. Um the coronavirus wouldn't be no, the way that I would go. 
Um, not to say that, and I, you know, I'm not belittling people who have it or people who are quarantined with it or people whose lives have been affected by it or, or that it's dangerous. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. The flu is dangerous as well. But that wouldn't be my biological weapon of choice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then we can play a prodigy clip uh, weapon of choice in the background if we want. No. Um, it, but so did you have you seen that video with Christopher walking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Christopher walking. Famous video. That's weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't stand up to logical scrutiny. No, um, I'm no I'm no I'm no biohazard weapons expert, but I'm certainly sure you could do better than like giving a bunch of old people diarrhea. Um, (laughs) honestly the problem here and here's (laughs) worse than the coronavirus worse than the coronavirus outbreak Mm -hmm. worse than the SARS outbreak Mm -hmm. is the disinformation like this Mm -hmm. spreads faster and does more damage yeah the disinformation outbreak yeah is what what what, what's the old saying um a lie makes it gets around the world twice before the truth has time to tie its shoe or something like that that makes me yeah, stands up something like that i i have i have to say though and that was before the internet yeah what well, <laughs> that, that phrase some of the treatment of chinese people in the wake of this too just around the world has been awful absolutely it's been awful i i was reading a couple weeks ago that there was a chinese man and i can't remember where exactly it was but essentially he was he no one would give him cpr to save his life you know like I think he had a heart attack or something, or I can't remember exactly what happened, but nobody would come forward to save his life before an ambulance got there to give him any CPR because people were too afraid to touch him. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I mean, I was, I read a tweet a couple weeks ago too about a man who was in, um, getting on a train in Italy and no one wanted to stand near him. And people were saying like shitty remarks to him in Italian about the fact that he probably had this virus. And he was like, actually, I've never even been to China in perfect Italian. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He was like, no, I don't have it. Um, I also was watching a, um, I want to say a BBC documentary about Wuhan and it is, I mean, it is a huge deal. Half of China is on travel restrictions and they're like nobody in the streets in Wuhan. It's, it's going to affect the global crazy. economy. It's massive. Yeah. Also, apparently, and I'm going to be talking about him a little bit later on, but Trump's uh, top trade advisor, Peter Navarro, has basically said, w- w- you know, even with coronavirus affecting China, we're still not going to play ball with them on tariffs. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's your problem. <laughs> you know, it occurs to me now, though, if you can if you can take a, a simple virus that doesn't kill too many people, but can interrupt global the global economy mm-hmm. maybe that is there you go stands up maybe it does stand up scrutiny yeah who knows maybe it does just look bouncing conspiracy theories around look at me learning while talking <laughs> uh, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes mm. yeah interesting maybe uh huh, huh maybe i'm wrong i still think the march 31st bar resignation thing uh, makes more sense and i'm not uh, this has been debunked, so mm-hmm. I'm not saying. I'm just like, oh, hell. Um, just having a second thought about my reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the first reason should be that all scientists and everyone who knows has said that it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Reason one. Uh, my second reason, okay, that's up for debate. But you don't <laughs> even have to get to the secondary reason <laughs> because the primary reason has already debunked the whole entire thing. All right, so what is going on? Slow news days, existential. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to say that it's feasible at all. It's not. Um, I'm just trying. You you know, never mind. Um, (laughs) So what's going on? Uh, What do you have first, census or anonymous? Anonymous. Okay, so uh, if this is what I think it's about, this is kind of a cool article. Yeah. Um, And and Mandy, you have this story. What is it? I do. This is from reporting from The Daily Beast. And uh, it turns out Trump's top trade advisor, someone in his, someone holding court, wants brownie points from daddy. Um, so in the wake of Trump's impeachment acquittal in the Senate and the subsequent vengeful firings of people like Colonel Vindman and Gordon Sondland, among others, the White House's top trade advisor and very close Trump ally Peter Navarro has taken it upon himself to try to get brownie points with the king and has set off on a dedicated side quest to find out the mystery identity of Anonymous. The is that the guy you were just talking about in the yes. last story? Mm-hmm. Same dude. Same dude. Um, uh, of, of Anonymous, the the kind of the famous leaker who wrote the book A Warning as well as Reeling Against Trump in the New York Times, that article from late 2018. Does he think it's the same person? Um, yes. Uh, isn't it the same person? We don't know. We don't know. I, th- I think he thinks it's the same I th- person. It probably is the same person. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's that's what this article is suggesting anyway. Um, Navarro, who has also recently been in the media spotlight having a public feud with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um, apparently, he, he, he keeps trying to get a meeting with Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos is like, I'll have my people call your people. And he's like pissed that Jeff Bezos won't have a meeting with him. And so he's like coming out against him. And anyway, Trump also apparently calls this guy my Peter, which is weird. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that was just a detail I wanted to throw in there for well, all of you. Because he doesn't have one, so he now he does. It's his, yes. Yeah. I have one now. Mm. <laughs> um, so he's reportedly un- undertaking investigative efforts, which include an in-depth analysis of the language and phrases used in Anonymous's book and, and, and other public writings. We talked about that, too, because uh-huh. we talked about how in the op-ed they used Lodestar. Right, yes. Uh, we actually had a, a, an episode called Lodestar Pence? Supernova. Uh-huh. If you want to look it up, those were the days, man. Hell yeah. Go look up Muller. She wrote Lodestar Supernova. I remember that one. Uh, and we were trying to, I think uh, Pence had mm-hmm. said Lodestar a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, somebody else, does it say in there? Um, no, it doesn't exactly, but it does say that the process that they're undertaking is basically, it mimics forensic linguistic profiling. And uh, That's cool. Yeah, so they're really getting intense about it. Um, and the goal is to cross-reference Navarro's profile with but the But Republicans list. can't tech, or, or Trump supporters <laughs> can't tech, so it's probably <laughs> right. just like somebody has a Macintosh, like, hello, uh, Lodestar, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're trying to figure out if it... <laughs> <laughs> and then they I know, right? they're they're just like playing they're typing it the book into Macintosh and having it speak it and then they can't figure out why it's not telling them who it is <laughs> uh who is that um yeah so people around people familiar with the effort said that navarro had zeroed in on at least one likely suspect and that he's compiled his findings in a written report that he shared with white house counsel pat cipollone who is leading the official internal efforts to unearth Anonymous's identity. So something to note, Navarro is not working alone. I mean, he's he's taking it upon himself to to have the side quest, but his efforts are actually a part of a multi-pronged effort. Like a lot of people are working on this to figure out who Anonymous is. So a lot of people are spending energy on this. In addition uh, to work by the council's office and Navarro, a handful of staffers mm-hmm. on the National Security Council have taken it upon themselves to conduct their own unofficial probe to please the president. Um, despite all of these efforts, Anonymous has vexed and eluded political and media figures since September 2018 um, when uh, they described him or herself or themselves as part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. Um, in November 2019, when Anonymous released a warning, the book claimed that numerous other administration officials share Anonymous's views about Trump's erratic and reckless behavior. It's not clear whether Anonymous actually remains in the administration or has moved on. Trump himself uses the existence of Anonymous as a confirmation that the deep state exists and that any Obama holdovers left in government are working against his agenda. For now, the person wrote in a warning, if asked, I will strenuously deny I am the author of this book, including when the president demands we each disavow it. So (laughs) there are just like tons of people around Trump who are like, we're trying to fight him for you. We're looking, we're figuring figuring it out. He's like obsessed, apparently. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. I just am showing uh, one of our pod dog reply photos to. Yeah, very important. I had to interrupt. Very important. So it's just funny. That's just a funny story to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I just <laughs> no hard hitting reporting. Just just a bunch of douchebags like we're gonna find out who I know. it is. They're like they're like obsessive having meetings and yeah. subcommittees, and there's probably like uh, committees and subcommittees and they probably meet every Tuesday at yep. one and they have like snacks and stuff. And then they try to figure out who it is. Operation like, find the leaker. And they have like a, like a poster board with giant Sharpie markers. <laughs> they bring in like a bunch of linguistics experts at Lodestar, Lodestar. What do you say? Lodestar. Oh, I know. Lodestar. Matter said Lodestar. Like maybe if you haven't matter. found him yet, maybe you're not going to find him. It's like a, the dumbest episode of forensic files. ever. Oh yeah, totally. so yeah that's just funny um and then the next story is from nbc and this is about how the upcoming census is going to be a hot fucking mess um so according to a report from the gao the government accountability office the upcoming census is set to look a lot like trump's overall administration great at advertising bad at details (laughs) basically they're like doing a great job at advertising the census but that's about it the actual like work that comes behind it is is a hot mess so with less than a month ago apparently the census bureau is far behind their target in recruiting workers and also meeting important technology testing goals including important features that remind users to answer the census if they haven't yet it should be noted that 
for the first time, the government is encouraging people to answer the questions online as opposed to using the paper form. So the fact that they are far behind in their tech testing goals is kind of a red flag. Um, We are in a pressure cooker of time to get things done, said Nick Marinos, the GAO's Director of Information Technology. And the chairwoman of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform said the GAO report was, quote unquote, sending flashing red lights that the Census Bureau wasn't ready. Whether through incompetence or intentional action, this administration's failures risk causing grave harm to this year's census that could jeopardize a complete and accurate account, said Carolyn Maloney. Um, The 2020 count will help determine the allocation of $1.5 trillion in federal spending and also how many congressional seats each state gets. And this is something I pulled from census.gov, which gives you some insight as to why a really accurate census count is important. And it doesn't sound like we're going to get one. (laughs) Federal funds, grants um, and support to states, counties and communities are based on population totals and breakdowns by sex, age, race and other factors. Your community benefits the most when the census counts everyone. When you respond to the census, you help your community get its fair share of the more than $675 billion per year in federal funds spent on schools, hospitals, roads, public works, and other vital programs. Businesses use census data to decide where to build factories, offices, and stores, and this creates jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, Local governments use the census for public safety and emergency preparedness. Residents use the census to support community initiatives. So... Not getting an accurate reading on this is not good. <laughs> no. Are you showing me more pod pets? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's okay. So, yeah, it sounds like that Look is a... Him. No. It's a very cute pod dog. Okay. Sorry. Um, anyway, I'm yeah, it sounds like that's a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah. And uh, put this down for a second. Honestly, we were sort of expecting this, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to, to, to try to pull something this massive together on this type of a scale mm-hmm. and not have anybody worth a shit in any job across mm-hmm. the government. We have everybody acting. Yep. Uh, it, it's it, it's just going to absolutely be awful. And they were having uh, problems in the court case uh, as well, saying, look, we have deadlines we have to meet. We have to get this going. And that's partially mm-hmm. why the Department of Justice lawyer said, all right, we give up. We're not putting the thing in the thing. We're not putting mm-hmm. the question. And that's when Trump intervened and mm-hmm. Barr intervened. And uh, a lawyer pulled herself off mm-hmm. the case. I think Casey Lee. Uh, I can't remember. And and it was just bananas. It, and they were like, we, yep. we can't keep delaying this. We have to get the first version out of uh, of the census out or it's going to be late. And here we are, lo and behold. Also, apparently, some Democrats are, are calling for more transparency in who the Census Bureau is partnering with because they partner with they have partnerships and communities to help run this. And they're not being clear or transparent about who these partnerships are. So they're going to use this this inaccurate data to allocate you know, un- to, to to unfairly allocate money, and it's just going to be a clusterfuck. They're going to fudge the data. Yeah. They'll fuck the blue states and do what they can to yeah. gerrymander and totally make it awful. No surprises there. No. Just some fun facts. It's <laughs> terrible. All right, we do have a lot of good news. We'll be right back with the good news, today's hashtag, and a list of things you can do to combat this administration. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by the folks at Third Love. I love Third Love. They're my favorite company in the universe. I have all only Third Love bras. I don't buy my bras anywhere else. They've created the most comfortable bra I've ever worn, tailored perfectly to fit my individual body shape, breast size, everything. Uh, many women fall in between cup sizes, like myself, which makes it incredibly frustrating and difficult to find stuff off the rack. But Third Love is an industry leader with over 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. So now you and I can find the right fit just for you. Uh, I took their fun Fit Finder quiz online, took just two minutes to find my ideal bra, and uh, Third Love uses your info, plus metadata, data from millions of women who've taken the quiz. They factor your cup size and your breast shape. Everyone else leaves that out, but not Third Love. Your breast shape is very important to finding the perfect fit. Every Third Love bra is made with lightweight, super thin memory foam cups, no slip straps, smooth scratch-free bands, and they're all designed for ultimate comfort. With Third Love's Perfect Fit Promise, and this is awesome, you have 60 days to wash it, wear it, try it out. If it doesn't fit you perfectly, returns and exchanges are free and easy, and they donate all their gently used bras to people in need. So far, they've donated $15 million in bras, supporting charities in their local San Francisco area and across the U.S. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeansnow to find your perfect fitting bra. You, <laughs> this is the best bra in the universe, and you'll get 15% off your first purchase that's third love t-h-i-r-d love.com slash daily beans for 15 percent off today you'll be glad you did well we'll float on good news as all 
All right, everybody, welcome back. Here's a little list uh, Terry Canefield put together on Twitter. Check her out, at Terry Canefield. Uh, list of things you can do. Mm-hmm. Stuff you can do. Call to action. Number one, make sure you're registered to vote. A lot of people are being purged. You might be pretty certain that you registered to vote because you voted mm-hmm. in the last election or you voted in 2018. Oopsie. They're purging. Uh, run for something. Mm. You can head to runforsomething.net and they'll tell you what you can run for. Uh, if you can't run, volunteer for Run for Something. Or in California, head to closethegapca.org, Cal- uh, close which works to get women elected. Get involved in the election locally by contacting your local election board. In some states, you can become an official volunteer voter registrar. Hmm. Um, visit fairfight.com. Uh, the organ- that's the organization started by Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. See how you can help and donate and volunteer for fairfight.com. If you're a lawyer, you can volunteer uh, with a Protect the Vote organization. Lots of, they need lawyers. If you're a teacher, consider an assignment requiring students to advocate on behalf of an issue of their choice or allow them to substitute an assignment with a civic engagement activity of some Mm. kind. I love that. Me too. Uh, Help people become citizens by volunteering at an organization like CUNY Citizenship or other organizations that tutor English and civics for the naturalization process. And Mm -hmm. you can tutor for tests. Uh, give people rides to their polling places on election day. You can learn yep. how by visiting carpoolvote.com. Um, Americansofconscience.com has ideas for letters you can write to elected officials. And for more ideas, you can go to terrycanefield-blog.com. That's T T E R I K A N E F I E L D, and then hyphen blog.com. We'll tweet it out as well. Yep. Mm hmm. And early voting is underway in Nevada, ahead of the caucuses. And this Saturday, the party is reporting that more than 26,000 ballots were cast in early voting, which is a lot, indicating a potential record turnout in Nevada for the caucus this year. This is the first election uh, with early caucus voters, so we don't have anything to compare it to. Mm -hmm. But uh, the early ballot represents about 25% of the total votes cast in 2016 for that one day. And many are expected in Nevada. And many are expecting a record-breaking caucus. That's good news no matter what candidate you back. Uh, an energized electorate is a good thing, especially in the face of uh, the mediocre turnouts in Iowa and New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, go, go Nevada. And our first more diverse state. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. Exciting. It's very. It's yes. I'm very happy about this. I'm excited to see what happens in Nevada. Even though it's caucus, we'll see. We'll see Hopefully how. Hopefully, it it's not a hot mess the way Iowa was. <laughs> no. Please God. And they are trying this the first time. This is their first time with early voting. So be a little more reasonable. Like be patient with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's get. Let's get social. Hashtag. Okay, today's hashtag is hashtag Obama was better at everything. It's trending uh, for President's Day. It seems everyone on Twitter is putting out Obama accomplishments and using the hashtag Obama was better at everything uh, to just let Trump know that Obama was better at everything from GDP to job creation to oil independence to crowd sizes. Uh, and now <laughs> even just made up stuff like people are saying Obama can hold his breath for 20 minutes. <laughs> Folks are helping Trump ce- celebrate President's Day by reminding him he sucks. So check out hashtag uh, Obama is better at everything. Uh, and keep it keep it trending. It's pretty it's pretty hilarious. Um, happy President's Day. And uh, Trump tweeted out Happy President's Day. Singular possessive presidents. Uh, president okay. apostrophe s. That is wrong. Just like it's, Just he's the only one, yeah. right? Okay. Well, he thinks he will be the only one from Ever. now on. Yeah, but still, like there were a couple. Like there were a few before him. There's a reason you're 45. Yeah, because there's 44 other ones. All right. And Bolton made his first public speech since the impeachment Monday evening at Duke University, where he took questions afterwards. When asked why he didn't speak out, he said about, you know, the shit in the Ukraine. He said, my conclusion was if I got a subpoena, I would testify. Why? Because Mr. Impeachment Power and Mr. Executive Privilege meet Mr. First Amendment. That's so dumb. Uh, but ultimately, in a world, like, uh, but ultimately, Bolton said the reason he didn't simply come forward was the threat of possible legal action by the executive branch. So, and I want to sell books. He didn't say that last part, but it's real. Uh, his book is scheduled to come out next month. Don't buy it. The news will tell you what's in it. Um, don't support that shit. Don't give him your money. Don't. Any final thoughts? Mm, happy anniversary to my wife. Yes. Happy anniversary to the both of you. Yeah. I love you. That's it for me. Three years. Um, yeah. Trace. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know, I will say this, actually. I was thinking about this today. Um, I We got engaged only a year after it was, like, legal for me to come here, um, which is wild. And, um, 
you know, I was just ref- I'm reflecting on the fact that we didn't we haven't had the ability to get married for very long in the span of history. And it's that is at the forefront of my mind on my anniversary. So I just it's just, you know, I'm glad that I was that I have the privilege to be in this time and not in a previous decade. Yeah, or in another place where Yeah, or in another place. You can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, honestly, the fact that so many people around the world um who are gay can't get married is is heartbreaking or can't even have their basic human rights to exist, let to alone live get married. And breathe, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. anyway, that's my final. It's just a, just a gay final thought for me today. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary. Thanks. I'm happy for you both and I love you both. Yeah, very much. That's uh, it for me. Okay, about you? Uh, that, I guess that's my final thought. Happy anniversary and I love you guys. Aww. And thank you everyone for listening. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Mandarita. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>